Welcome to the Gridiron Show. Will Gavin and Ollie Hunter bring you another edition of news or not news? It Plus, returns. Well, you're going to hear from Ryan Leaf on the work he's done since football and Leslie Visser, uh, Mark Schlereth, who joined us on Radio Row. Leslie Visser, the only woman in the Hall of Fame. Mark Schlereth, three Super Bowl rings, both on our show. Lovely. This is the Gridiron Show. You know what? You are absolutely right. Moen Ali has tidied his beard up a bit and he has really got beard game now. Game, respect game. And it's a bowling court, which is well, my I mean, favourite wicket in cricket. Uh, I love a, a, a... Also known as a court and bold. Court and bold, yes, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Spot yeah, the non-cricket fan. Rashid with the court and bold, so he is now on a hat-trick. Lovely. So live, live reporting from <laughs> from, from the cricket during a pre-recorded podcast. Oh, lovely! Hey, Ollie, how are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm glorious. I'm glorious. You and I have spent a bit more time together recently, which I've enjoyed vastly. It, it has been a minute since we spent a lot of time together, and it is lovely that we are spending a bit more time together. Yeah, and we're actually doing podcasts again, which like two it's people tweeted us saying, "Nice to have you back," which really wasn't enough for me. Uh, my but rampant ego. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> your, your, <laughs> your rampant ego, which has not been in check for about two uh, years. What? Um, and, and you, 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 you can keep my ego in check for, for annals. It's fine. <laughs> I've tried, but it's not worked in any way. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, all good, buddy. All good. How are I'm, you? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. So I've been... Uh, I, I'm finally in my new house, which is wonderful. Things come together. But I've been reviewing... Matt Sherry's book about the... Um, no, I keep telling him I'll do that and he keeps sending it to me and I keep uh, not reading it. Look, I'm doing it. I'm I'm doing it as a sub. So I'm suggesting little things. I'm, oh, you're actually sub-editing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. If I don't get... I don't big, think we're meant to me- have mentioned the book, but it's fine. It's fine. If no, I don't one get needs, a, no one knows what well, it's no about. Well, no one knows what's about. If I don't get a big thank you, I oh, will be... Oh, I better get a big thank you. I conducted about 15 of the interviews right. he's done for it. Exactly. At least. Exactly. If it, if we, Do you know what? We should probably ask for some sort of... Did he get his hat trick? No. No. Uh, smacked away by four from De Silva. Oh, no. It went for two. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, if I don't get that, I'd be annoyed. Bear's still at the boundary, just in case anyone cares. Yeah, Bear's. He's a very good fielder, actually, for a wicketkeeper. There you go. Very, very good. Um... No wonder you'd brought him up, fellow Ginger. <laughs> but other than that, I've been good. I went to see two films this week. I saw, what was it, Later Tonight or something tonight? Late Night. Late Night, that's it, which was, which was okay. I didn't mind it. Kind I of thought, fine. I thought it tailed off at the end, really. And um, Maradona with you, which was oh, brilliant. Oh, I really enjoyed that. That was excellent work. Do you think there's an NFL-style film that he could make? Like about an NFL player. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like um, Terrell Owens or something like that. Uh, I'd love to see his take on OJ Simpson. Um, Oh, yeah. And now that OJ Simpson is out of uh, of prison and in our first bout of news or not news. (laughs) OJ Simpson's, that's a little teaser of what you're getting a little bit later. Um, OJ Simpson is on Twitter now. 
he joined Twitter uh, and posted a couple of videos and he followed, at the time, I don't know if this is still true, but when he first joined Twitter, he followed like six people and uh, one of them was his lawyer. <laughs> so <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, so I, that's, that's an interesting, but obviously we've seen a lot of OJ Simpson stuff on uh, on uh, on the internet with or on TV and stuff with the trial of OJ and we had the documentary as well which wasn't really about OJ Simpson it was about um uh, wow did you know it was 25 years ago this week that he uh, led the LAPD on that car chase so there you go we've made the show relevant well who, done us who would have thought um he follows 31 people now okay Okay. Uh, Vice President Pence. Has he been, oh, God. Trump. Has he been blue-ticked yet? Uh, he's not been blue-ticked. There's been a bit, there's a big outcry of people going, if you follow him, you're an absolute disgrace, that kind of stuff. Um, I don't really know how I feel about it. I don't follow him. I think there are enough people on Twitter that will follow him that will pop up on my timeline ha- if I need to see something from a journalistic point of view. But I don't know how I feel about people following him. I, d- I, don't, I, I don't have an opinion... Either way. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't really yeah, care. I don't really care. He's only tweeted six times, and he's only following ten people. I don't know what you were looking at. Oh, I'm looking at a different one, then. You were looking at a parody account. The this, OJ Simpson... What is it? At the o- Real OJ 32... Oh, the Real OJ 32. ...follows these people. His solicitor, yeah. his real estate agent, the Heisman <laughs> Trophy, USC football... Oh, yeah. Tim Graham, don't know who that is... Uh, the NFL, the Buffalo Bills, the PGA Tour, Twitter support, and Twitter verified. Oh, and USC. Who's Tim Graham? He's a Buffalo Bills guy. Oh, from the the Athletic. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Just getting his Bills news. That's how he's doing it. How have you been, buddy? I've been very well, mate. I've been very well in Is your cat okay? Yeah, I had to go to the vets today, so we're a little bit later in recording than originally planned, but it's all good. He's uh, he's. It was a follow-up on a previous appointment where he hadn't been particularly well, and uh, he's now fine, so it's all good. Uh, and yeah, just, uh, just I've been mentally preparing myself for Glastonbury next week and getting all my kind of tent together and stuff. I did download last weekend, went for the, uh, went for the graps, stayed for Tool. Oh my God. I, you were telling me about Tool, and it's kind of blown my mind... Um, that they're back together, really. I love Tool. It was, I, I never didn't got re- to see them ever. I didn't realise that it was their first gig in in the UK in 13 years. Yeah. The last one having been uh, when I saw them at Download in 2006. I, like, because that was... So the, you've bookend, bookended it? That was the tail end of their tour. So I've seen the last two shows they've done in the UK just 13 years apart. And they were superb. So much so that I put serious consideration in going to see them this, taking this Sunday off work, driving ten and a half hours to Silicon yeah. in France and going to see them again this weekend. But it never ended up happening. Should we just do it? I kind of think we can't I can't. Now. We can't now. It's too, lo- too late notice. I'm going to go and have an argument with my boss in a minute as well. So I can't really go and have an argument with him and then go, oh, What's by the way, can I have Sunday off at two days notice? What's that about, Will? What are you arguing about with, well, the, with the boss? Well, that's not something to discuss on any kind of medium. But are you really angry it, about it? Let's hope it goes well. Otherwise, we'll be recording these at home from now on. Are you going to change your uh, name to William Gavin? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that'll get you more gigs? Uh, I say nothing. I'm saying <laughs> absolutely <laughs> nothing. <laughs> uh, this is TalkSport. You're listening to... Hold on. Wait, um, <laughs> uh, right, so, uh, 
shall we get into some? So coming up on the show, a couple yeah, more of yeah. our uh, couple more of our interviews from Radio Row. We're going to be hearing from uh, a, a joint interview of uh, Leslie Visser and Mark Schlereth. Who Mark Schlereth three times Super after Bowl winner? A few beers. Yeah, exactly. Mark Schlereth three times Super Bowl Schlereth. winner. Leslie Visser, the only female in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. She's there as a journalist, uh, famous for covering the Boston market in particular. They came on to discuss that there's this. Um, oh, they were on to talk about the uh, training at altitude technology that they've used with like oh, Wayne yeah, Rooney yeah. and people, which was interesting, but formed about thirty seconds of a fifteen minute interview where Leslie Visser just kept going off on brilliant. Talent. She kept interviewing Mark Schlereth in the middle of our interview, and that's fine because she is brilliant. So uh, it gets Isn't taken it over quickly. When they do and that's that. for the best. They come on for one thing, but actually, they're not really bothered about talking that one or, or public publicising that one thing that they want to come on and talk about. And they just because we're British, they just want to talk to us. Yeah, it's great. It's wonderful. <laughs> so just patting her own back there. We've got that, and then we've got uh, Ryan Leaf. And obviously, I think people, if they're listening to this show, they probably Leafy. know the the Leafy story, the Ryan Leaf story. But if you're not familiar with it, we don't go into the backstory a huge amount. He was the number one, a uh, number two overall pick, sorry. You have to get that right in 1998, because number one overall was Peyton Manning. But he was legitimately considered as the number one overall pick. And he flamed out of the league. He was only in San Diego three years on the practice squad at the Buccaneers and Seahawks, briefly at the Cowboys. But he um, he then went, uh, you know, after his NFL career failed, then had real problems with drugs and alcohol, ended up in prison, and now is uh, as a reformed addict, is um, really sorted his life out. It's so. a fascinating. I remember it being a fascinating conversation, and being quite taken with him. But I wasn't sure exactly how engaged. I wasn't sure with how us. taken he was with us. Absolutely, I think I think he's told that these stories multiple times. He might have gone into a bit of autopilot, and it was. I'm, I'm thinking back. I'll have to re-listen to it, which will be rare for me to re-listen to a pod. But thinking back, <laughs> I don't remember rare if ever. Yeah, I don't remember. It's always him. good, to, it's always good to, uh, to to check yourself, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. I don't remember him ever really opening up to us, but. Listen on and see if you disagree. I think you're being overly harsh yeah, on maybe us I there. Am, maybe I am. But equally, I um, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, should we do some news or not news with our brand new theme tune? No expense bed. Which people tune. got a little... <laughs> we listened to 25-odd. This was our favourite. <laughs> we probably could have done more work, but we didn't. <laughs> I could ju- can we just listen to this for the 13 minutes? My favourite bit is the bit at the ending. Let's just hear it because people won't hear it because we'll be talking over yeah. it. Let's just go to it. Smooth. Lovely. Right, you let's do just, yeah, yeah. news or not news. Ollie! No, no, Lay you it. go ahead. You go, you go first. Oh, I haven't got the full list in front of me. All right. Uh, <laughs> I thought you start... were to deliver them and then I was to... Let's do this. Is this news or not 
news. Saints pass Russia. Jordan signs 52.5 million extension. Absolutely news. Cameron Jordan signs a three-year extension to his deal. He wanted one big, more big contract before he was done. The Saints lock him down 42 million dollars in guaranteed money. He is an absolute stud, an absolute superstar. Deserves the money he's getting. And let's be honest, that Saints defense has gone from being a real problem to them yeah. to being a real, real positive for them. So, I am going to say that having him on there, lining him up with Marcus Davenport on the other side, trying to get something out of their rookie from last year, they need him in the building. They've locked him down. Absolutely news. And he is fantastic as well. I've seen him on um, on uh, NFL.com. Or, or I think NFL when we Network. do something that's news, we should just take the bed out and then restart it for some not news pieces. Okay, fine. Um, but yeah, I've seen him. He's he's doing the, the media rounds. He he's done stuff with us the last three Super Bowls, mm-hmm. and and I just think he he is a star. Not only he must be brilliant in the locker room, and that's why they've kept him because a proper leader as well. Uh, Shall we carry on? Yeah, a little bit more of news or not news. Matt Ryan fine with Julio Jones missing workouts. Uh, Not news. NFL players and teams react to the 2019 NBA draft. (laughs) That's definitely not news. They react to the NBA draft. Yep, that's what they've done. Wow. Niners rookie uses Aussie rules to diversify punts. That's definitely... Not news. Punt, hashtag punt watch, though, so it's a bit of punt watch, but not news. Tariq Cohen doesn't expect a role change in 2019. A, well, he's a running back. Not news. Pass interference replay finalised for 2019 season. Uh, maybe that's a bit of news. That's absolutely news! <laughs> it's news! Uh, this is a part of actually I've got three stories open under this All where right. there was a point last week where they were adjusting the PI replay process it then came out that under two minutes PI reviews will be subject to stricter criteria this is after we had the issues obviously with the gnarling saints uh, and there is a, they've actually done like a, a timeline on their Twitter of how this pass interference rule has come to being through uh, the Twitter account NFL Football Ops, which is one of those accounts that I don't think a lot of people follow, uh, but you will get like a surprising amount of good information mm. from it that you wouldn't necessarily get from the um, yeah that you wouldn't necessarily get from the from the main body of work. So, back in March at the annual meeting, the clubs approved the expansion. During the spring, the NFL officiating staff visited clubs to review the rules. At the Spring League, I'm seriously reducing this. Uh, In May, at the Spring League meeting, clubs voted to grant the competition committee the authority to allow coach challenges for PI and side two minutes of each half and throughout overtime. They then uh, reviewed it all in June, had some calls, a draft version of the rule, they got some feedback back, and now it has been finalised. So, here it is. The NFL Competition Committee unanimously recommended the rule for instant replay of pass interference for this season only, the league announced on Thursday. This comes exactly one week after they announced teams had a week to provide additional feedback on the final rule. According to the rule, pass interference reviews after the two-minute warning of each half and during overtime will be initiated by the replay official. The replay official will only stop the game when there is a clear and obvious visual evidence that a pass interference may or may not have occurred in an effort to limit excessive stoppages, any stoppage that will occur under strict criteria than other under strict criteria than any other reviewable plays. So calls will only be reversed 
if it's clear and obvious visual evidence. Not that there's been any problem with that in VAR in football at all. Yeah, uh, it's basically VAR, isn't it? It says even under two minutes, all passing plays can be reviewed for pass interference. Any Hail Mary play at the end of the game will be reviewed in replay consistent with the guidelines for officiating play on the field. So what I'm gleaning from all of that is that the NFL are starting for the, maybe the first time ever to use a little bit of common sense. Yeah, that's basically it. That's basically exactly what's happening. Yeah. We've got a lot of talk radio people lingering outside our studio, staring in through the window. So I don't know whether they've got this studio booked or what, but there is there is some serious lingering going on. Well, let's do, let's rattle through a bit more of news or, or not, not news. news. Bill O'Brien punts on discussing Texans GM firing. Yeah, not really news. No, nope, not really news. Roddy White will be the 11th member inducted to the Falcons Ring of Honor. Absolutely not news. Not news. Jets GM aims to build on special bond with Gase. Ooh, no, not news. Not news. Not news. Harrison Butker signs a five-year, $20 million extension with the Chiefs. Hashtag kickwatch. I think that's news, Bit but it's, news. Not, it's not news enough, really, to get into anymore. He's a really good kicker, and he signed a really big contract. Well done, buddy. Proud of you. Titans retire McNair and George jerseys. Pleased for them. Not news. Hashtag kitwatch. Uh, uh, all-round good guy Nick Bosa thinks he'll be ready for the start <laughs> of the season. I mean, it's news for me. Let's not talk about <laughs> him too much. The more I can forget about his social media <laughs> presence, the better. <laughs> Josh McCown announces his retirement from the NFL. News. And a, 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 oh, see, a, no, no slow fade out there. Woo! Uh, was it ten teams, seventeen years, a perennial? Um, a perennial backup, really, but he had a couple of good seasons. Uh, I re- my lasting memory of him is maybe from about three or four years ago, where he uh, got a helicopter hit in the end zone mm-hmm. um, whilst playing for the Cleveland full, Browns. Full-on Denver Broncos style, full-on uh, John Elway style. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I've forgotten about that, but that was brilliant. <laughs> and just a likeable and intelligent man. So plenty to like about him. That's news to me, even if it's not big news. Are there any last... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, there's lots of these articles that we could bang through, but like we say, there's a lot of people out there looking. Are there any ones that you do, left consider, that you do consider news? Are there any? No, no, no. I think we've done. I is think is Gerald done McCoy it. upset that the Bucks gave his number 93 to Indomitian Sue actually news? I mean, is he actually upset? Like, what did they want him to retire at the moment that he left? Mental. No, get Get lost. McSorley is going to be a, a Trace McSorley working as a punt returner, not news. Tom is Brady Trace getting in some work with Josh Gordon, not news. It's is all Trace not McSorley news. Is Trace McSorley the Penn State guy? Yeah. He is. Yeah. He's a punt returner. Yeah, well... Hashtag punt watch, but wow, weird. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's really? been great. Let's right. get to the interviews. Uh, it keeps going. I thought we'd get an end point there, but we didn't, apparently. Do you think it will be back next week? News or not news? It's a classic off-season classic because it needs to exist because there's so much news or not news in the off-season. Yeah, hashtag news or n- not news out there, please. Right, so let's hear from... Do, who do you want to go first? Ryan Leith or Leslie Visser and Mark Schlereth? Let's go for Visser and Schlereth. Uh, now, this starts off with, it's me and Sherry doing the interview, and I literally left it in raw, because at no point do I manage to introduce them properly, because, like we talked about earlier, Visser, straight into it. Hello, 
Gabby Logan here and I'm pitch side at Welland FC where Suki and his mate Simon have arranged a kickabout to fundraise for sport relief. It's 11.47 on a Sunday. I think some of these players are a little worse for wear. But they're here, they've got their kit on, they're kicking against injustice and smashing poverty right out the box. They're still 2-0 down though. Oh, but would you look at that goal! You can help change the world too. Just order your free fundraising pack at sportrelief.com. Sport Relief, it's game on. This message was brought to you by Acast. So you're Matt? <laughs> yeah, and Will. And Will. Perfect. Uh, you have sort of a Will Sheeran voice, kind of. Can think? you sing? Yeah. I cannot no, no, sing. He sort of looks... Nominee. Well, that's an insult to you. Because is he <laughs> the weirdest looking thing, that Ed Sheeran? Oh, yeah. It's a bit weird. So you've just said I look like Ed Sheeran. No, no, no. Really but said I said... the weirdest I, looking... No, but I said it was an insult <laughs> to you. I said that was an insult to you. It was the media Admitting, admitting, <laughs> admitting it's look, an insult doesn't you, make it any less yes. of an insult. Oh, right, it I'm does. I'm sorry. Yeah. You look just like Will Sheeran. Not quite as ugly as him. Yeah, right. That's the best I could do. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So you're in the Hall of Fame. You're allowed to. It's yes. fine. I, uh, I'll have anyone who's in the Hall of Fame speak yeah. to me as Thank they you. like this week. Uh, delighted to be joined on uh, Radio Row now by Mark Schlereth, long-time uh, NFL three-time Super Bowl winner. That is correct. Not bad, that. Not yeah. bad, that. No rings today. I don't ever wear them. I don't ever bring them out of the house. So they just put it, I put them in a safety, uh, a safe, and uh, in I just Anchorage, leave them there. You put them on ice? No, I put them on ice. <laughs> no, they're in, in my home in Denver. Oh, okay. And Leslie Visser, who in 2006 became the first and only woman to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which, to be fair, is a pretty pretty outstanding achievement. Uh, thank you for saying. I actually, uh, this is my 35th Super Bowl, so I covered all of Mark's, and Mark doesn't even remember that I was privileged to be the only woman ever to present the Lombardi Trophy, which was uh, quite nerve-wracking, and Mark was on that Redskin team, and the other day he said to me, yeah, didn't I see you at the Super Bowl? I said, I presented you the trophy. Well, I didn't, I didn't get up there. I was an offensive lineman. Uh, that was for the fancy guys, but I will tell you this. <laughs> Leslie Visser, my rookie year I became a starter about midway through my rookie year for the Washington Redskins um, and the historic hogs and Leslie came in was the first person first network television person to ever actually ask to interview me Oh, that's so great. Right? Were you so, good to me? I was great to Excellent. you. Excellent. Yes, I was great to you. You probably so, owe your career to me. Right, I do. <laughs> that's a, that's exactly. A great, it's a great point. <laughs> yes, yes. I owe everything to you. Well, thank you for yes. that, Mark. You're welcome. I'm well, more you'll than, hear from my lawyer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I am more than happy for you two to sit and interview each other if you'd like to. Because <laughs> oh, sorry. You're, you're, yeah. both, you're both doing a far better job than either of us could ever do, yeah, legitimately. But, one thing I would say, two, two of the most humble people, no gold jacket, no rings on his finger. I mean, you, you just... Happy to be in, in, inconspicuous around here, which is which is a nice change. Well, I did have to get over when I was, you know, enormously privileged to be enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And everybody, I'm sorry, some of your teammates would say, oh, is your bust in the Hall of Fame? Right. Really? Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. Good thing I had a sense of humor. But wait, before we go on, I'm an Arsenal girl. Are we not speaking? 
No, no, I. That's fine. I mean, I, I. This is he's a Man United fan, so there's no, a little bit of an issue there. It, it, it's not an issue because Arsenal have become so relevant over the last ten years. <laughs> oh, you know what our equivalent is? Is as you know, Arsenal's kind of the Red Sox. So for you were the Yankees for all those years, but now you know we're the obnoxious ones, and so yeah, it's actually okay if you're a Man U guy. But I'm I'm a Reading fan, and we're not even in the Premier League. I essentially support an XFL team at this point. If you want to compare it to NFL, so we have no problem here at all. Okay, good. But if you're going to come over and do any games in the UK when it goes to the new Tottenham Stadium, you might have a problem there. I have to say, the Emirates Stadium, doesn't it look like it landed? I yeah. can't stand the Arsenal. Yeah. Is this really? going back to England? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I love them all. Oh, yeah. I love them all. I love them all. Bring me over. <laughs> I'm sure they would have you there in an absolute heartbeat. Washington, Denver, neither coming over this year. No, we, we actually played when I was, we were in the America's game, so I actually played in London. The America Bowl, uh, yeah. Yeah, the America yeah. Bowl. Back in, uh, I, I was with the Redskins, it was 92, we played the Niners mm-hmm. at Wembley, and it was it was interesting because obviously the soccer locker rooms are different than yeah. NFL locker rooms from a size standpoint, so we literally, there was a gymnasium across the street from Wembley, we changed in the gymnasium, <laughs> and then we walked, and you're clicking through the streets on your with your and then walked down into the stadium and actually played in, in it was like it was like being little league, you know, have orange slices in the end zone because we didn't want to walk all the way back up. Right? Did you see Bohemian Rhapsody? Oh yeah, yeah. film that at yeah. Wembley. Yeah, yeah. Well, wow. so the. the it's the new Wembley, so sure. it's not the same stadium as it was back then. So right. that's all been recreated and computer generated and using some of the original stuff. But it's it's incredible. It's that. Final it was an amazing, amazing, what an amazing movie, man! I, know, I, I absolutely it? loved it. I loved it. It was just, it was tremendous. It really was. We, and he had been, I think, a little bit overlooked as one of the four or five greatest singers of all time. I mean, that they said his range was Pavarotti. His vocal range, yeah. in terms of the octaves he can hit, yeah. is. I, I'm not sure. Certainly in in kind of pop industry there's any, ever been anybody close but um, also the fact that he was the unbelievable front man yeah, as well yeah. all that personality all that mm-hmm. you know he didn't have to be a great singer he just also was a great singer as well but Mark Mark got to sing three times we are the champions that's so right yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. absolutely I feel, <laughs> I feel very strongly about that song and, and again the true professional brings it back around to what we're oh, meant yeah. to be talking about <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> um Start, let's start off by talking about this weekend's games. You've covered, like you say, 35 Super Bowls and every Patriots Super Bowl in, in that range as well. And Mark, you've been to three of them. So how are you feeling about this game kind of five or six days out? Uh, for me, I was actually on the sideline 19 years ago here wow. when the greatest show on turf won Against because Tennessee, yeah. it was a defensive play. It wasn't the great. It the wasn't tackle. Tory yeah. or Marshall or Kurt. Mike Jones. It Mike, Jones. Yeah. Mike Dyson. Yep. Did we, did, we did a piece yeah, of both of them spoke, in the magazine, didn't we? Both of them recently. Yeah. Both Mike yeah. Yeah, aren't they? Well, he's now Dr. Dyson. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I always said to Kevin, if he'd only been 6'3 instead of 6'1, right. you know, it might have. But I would say uh, they're so exciting. I mean, yours were mostly, yours were all blowouts. Packers, I guess, was a little close. Yeah, but Packers mostly- was close. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think the thing that fascinates me more than anything is human nature, and this is this is me too. You know, when you've had a, a modicum of success or you've had some success, uh, you know, you, you end up starting to kind of pat yourself on the back and be like, "Wow, I've arrived." The fact that the Patriots and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are not sated by their success that 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 is absolutely fascinating to me. That you can continue to fight and to grind when you've had the amount of success that they've had, that it has no effect on the way you work. 
that that is phenomenal to me. I'm talking to Danny Amendola, who used to play for the Patriots, now is with the Miami Dolphins, and I'm doing a game for them last year. And I said, you know, just on a side note, tell me about what it was like. Like, what'd you learn from Tom Brady? And he's like, let me tell you something about Tom Brady. We get done playing a game on the road. And when you get done, everybody grabs, you know, a little sack lunch, right? They shower, you grab a sack lunch, grab a couple of beers, and head to the bus. Get on the bus, and everybody's just kind of reminiscing and talking and, you know, goofing around like we do as guys. You know, we're all immature children, right? Um, it's absolutely It's absolutely Right, and we, none of us ever actually grow up. And so they're like, Tom Brady is sitting on, he already has his, his iPad. He's already downloaded the game that just went down from the opponent that he's playing next Sunday, and he's on the bus after they just beat whoever, studying the film of the next opponent. You know what I loved about them, you say, as an organization, they are such a gold standard. And do you remember 17 years ago when they beat the Rams? Uh-huh. Uh, they came out as a team. Right. You know, it wasn't from Tennessee or yeah. from Michigan. Yeah. And, they, and they came out, and I bet you they'll come out as a team well, for this. And, and in fact, actually, so. on opening night, uh-huh. when the Rams came and did their first introduction, you had Jared Goff, right. Todd Gurley, they yeah. came down. And then the Patriots, not only did they start 10 minutes early, but... The whole team went down they? together with, yeah. with, with Gronk and Tom Brady at the front, but the whole right. team came out Did together. They? And we'd said it on air. Right. We, we were live at the time, and we said it's just like 17 years ago. Yeah. They are coming out as a team, and they're making a point of it, doing it. It was the first. It was the first Super Bowl I covered as a broadcaster. Mm-hmm. So I, re, I had just retired. So that was the first one I ever covered, and I watched them come out as a team. And I literally was sitting there. And I said, "Damn." I wish we would have done that. Yes. That was so cool, It was so cool. And remember the, of course, it was right after 9-11. And remember the greatest thing that Bob Kraft said at the end, you know, all the confetti's coming down. And he said, today we are all patriots. Which was yeah. so beautiful. Really neat. Which, which isn't the case now. We, uh, no, no, now we're hated. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about the altitude training stuff because I think this is fascinating. A lot of Premier League teams have done it and do do it. And, you know... Anything to gain that edge is... Uh, Do you know our partner, thank you for asking, um, our partner is Dave Vincent, who has worked with uh, the Premier League teams for 10 years with the British Olympic teams. He's, of course, the British scientist and sports expert, and uh, he he wants to bring it to the United States. So that's what we're doing. And the, the theory behind it is, why do the Kenyans always win the marathon? Why do people get gassed in the fourth quarter playing the Broncos? It's that, so what this does is, it's not a tent or a mask, it's a chamber. So that, like, maybe the offensive line would use it one day, same thing, they have their bikes in their screen, the next day maybe the defensive backs would use it, and it takes 5% of the oxygen out, and your own body builds the red blood cells. So, I mean, do you wish you'd had it? Right. (laughs) Well, you know, it was really interesting. The first time I ever came to Denver as a free agent from the Redskins, um, and you started training, you started to understand, like, oh my God, because I never played here as a player. As a, I played the Broncos, but they always played in Washington. So it's real. I mean, it is when you come out of, of sea level and you all of a sudden have to play at altitude, it just gasses you. The interesting, the transverse, the, the opposite of that is true. When I played here and you'd build up the red blood cells and you lived in Denver, here I say here, we're in Atlanta, but Uh when you lived in Denver and you played that way, I would go down to Seattle and play and I felt like I could play forever. 
forever. <laughs> like you'd be like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. And it is. You build up those red blood cells. It takes time to build them over time, but you build them up. And so your body actually carries more oxygen. So when you go down to train at sea level or play at sea level, it's like stealing. It's so much easier. Well, we talked to uh, the dolphins are considering pretty soon everybody will have this, but their strength and conditioning, I, I can't think of his name right now, but he was with Tottenham. Mm-hmm. So he knew, all he said was, we want to put it here, we want to put it here, and then he left for the San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> but uh, it is, it is if you're playing in Miami and you know you're going to play in Denver, you can't just wait till the day yeah, you yeah. get there. So I, I think it'll be, and actually anybody, could, you know, LeBron could use it in his house. Sure. Anybody. You could use it. Yes. Well, look, look at me. <laughs> no, you look like great. Right. Can I tell my favorite story about yes. you before we go? Uh, when Mark, have you told them about when you were your college offers? No. Okay. Well, it's the best story about Mark Schlereth. Well, among many. But he, uh, of course, is from Anchorage, Alaska. And when he was a senior in high school, uh, he got two offers for college, Hawaii and Idaho. And what did you pick and why? I, I chose the University of Idaho because I didn't think I could wake up. It's like, you know, if you grew up in Alaska, it's probably like being in London. You know, there's a lot of rain and drizzly weather and gray, right? That's okay. We, we, we you know, embrace that. I was like, I can't wake up to sunshine every day of my life. Like, I will go absolutely stir crazy. I need some snow. I need some sleet. I need a little rain. I need some ugliness. You know, I need some of that in my life. And so, it's really why I chose but Idaho. But the way you told it to me back then was, yeah, I said, where were you recruited? He said, Hawaii and Idaho. And I said, oh, and, and you picked Idaho. And he said, yeah, for the climate. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Right. You, Mark, you're just a Brit born in the wrong right. place. Right. Yes. Exactly. Really, you, like, the first thing, a good friend of mine moved out to Los Angeles and I spoke to him after he'd been out here a year and he said I miss weather I just miss weather not rain I miss weather, weather. it's right. the same every right. single yeah. day I, I just, will tell you one I, I play with a guy by the <laughs> name of John <laughs> I, I play with a guy by the name of John Caton at the University of Idaho yeah. and he's from like he's from Pete Fish Idaho I mean he's from the middle of nowhere <laughs> Idaho right so I go over in 92 to play in the America Bowl against the Niners I'm in the hotel room and my phone rings so I answer the phone, and it, the guy on the other side is is John Caton. He goes, "Hey, Mark, this is John Caton. Play together at University of Idaho." I was like, "Dude, you're not English." Like he's like, <laughs> but he had married. We had a we had a uh, a gal who was an Olympic runner for that went to the University of Idaho that was an uh, English Olympic runner, and he had married her and followed her back to England. Wow! And um, and Can he had been there for like six it? or seven years, and he just kind of adopted the. They adopted the accent. But I don't think you really can. Uh, I remember Jerry Glanville, the great coach, and I asked Jerry Glanville once, why do you have a southern accent when you're from Michigan? And he went, southern Michigan. (laughs) 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 So I don't think you can just pick it up. (laughs) We could sit here and chat to you guys all day, but the joy is you get to go and keep doing this elsewhere and keep enjoying each other's company. But it's been really good fun. Thank you you so much. Thank you, guys. See you this summer when the Red Sox play in London. Are you coming over? Of course I am. Gonna make something happen. Okay, we will. Voice. Boom. You must be doing this for a living. I mean, I know you kind of are now, but. I do. (laughs) Every day. Three hours. Delighted to say that we are now joined on Radio Row by uh, Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf's not necessarily a name that the average UK NFL fan, unless they were a fan of the sport at a certain time, will be familiar with. Came out in the 98 NFL draft in that same draft as Peyton Manning when there was a lot of debate over who was going to go one. Was it going to be Ryan Leaf? Was it going to be Peyton Manning? Uh, it's fair to say, Ryan, your story took a different turn, but now you are spending your time not only 
doing great radio shows and everything else, but, but taking the message out of, of how people can approach their career to make sure that they don't go through some of the kind of hardships you went through. Yeah, I just, I mean, just the, the human experience, right? I mean, everybody deals with ups and downs no matter what, whether you're a professional football player or if you're, uh, you know, the average Joe on the street. It doesn't matter. You know, it's, it's how you deal with it that does. And so that's kind of the message we carry. Um, interesting enough, I had a, a fan from the U.K. recently actually send over a, a jersey he wanted me to sign, and, and I send it back. So there's... So at least we have one. I know I have one UK <laughs> fan out I'm, there. I'm sure there's more than that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm sure there are. And there'll be people who know your story and have read your, uh, kind of, uh, read your story, heard you on podcasts, heard you on radio, etc. But for those who, who maybe aren't familiar, it's always a fascinating thing to, I think, us in the UK, that the draft system, the way that you go through high school, through college, and you are built up as being the man. You are hailed as a hero, as a celebrity, and then you're suddenly handed millions of dollars on top of that it's it is still amazing to me there aren't more people who maybe do struggle when they're put in that situation yeah i I think the the day and age now with social media and just the more scrutiny that they get at a younger age has has developed them better to absorb what's about to happen i mean i really kind of came out of nowhere i'm i'm the only montanan ever drafted in the first round of the nfl draft there are more first-round draft picks in the Manning family than the whole state of Montana, <laughs> ever. So uh, there was no trailblazer. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I just thought I was, whatever I was doing was was right. It was getting me to a place in my life where I wanted to go, and it's the only way I knew. And then you throw in millions of dollars and the scrutiny from the national media, and if your temperament's not ready or right for it, it can be a combustive agent right there, and it just did. It, it kind of blew up in my face, and, and rightfully so, on the way I behaved. In the early stages, was there a sliding doors moment? Was there a moment where you can, you can think, right, if I'd chosen this pathway, things could be different, or that pathway, that one particular signature moment? There, there may have been, right? I mean, I had, a, I had plenty of the opportunities to, to get guidance and help from, from guys that were in the league for a long time. I mean, I played with Junior Seau and, and Rodney Harrison, who were both mm. great friends and leaders, and, but yet when they were critical of me, I, I, I just pushed them away. And so... You know, that's important to remember that constructive criticism can be your best friend. Those are people who are trying to hold you accountable, trying to help you be the best version of yourself. And so there were those moments, but I'm also really grateful for having gone through what I went through because I, I, I simply wouldn't be, you know, who I am right now if it, if it hadn't been for that. When, when do you think as well that you realized that, like you say, you were pushing the people away, you weren't reacting well to criticism? Certainly I know at the time, you know, People spoke about the way you interacted with the media, with teammates, etc. Was there a moment, do you think, to you where you kind of realized it might be me that's the problem, not the others around me? No, I, did, I never figured that out, that's for sure. Um, I, I figured that out in prison. You know, I figured out when I finally was able to walk by a mirror at one point and develop some accountability and, and look myself in the mirror and said, Hey, Brian, um, you're here because of what you did, man. Nobody else. Because I blamed a lot of people my whole life. I blamed the media, I blamed the Chargers, I blamed uh, doctors, I, you know, I blamed everybody. And that's what true accountability is, is understanding that, hey, I'm the issue here. Uh, you guys are just you guys are just a subplot uh, to what the real story is, and that's me behaving in, in this fashion. So it took me a long time. It took me a long time. Shouldn't have taken me that long. It doesn't take a lot of people normally that long, but it took me a long time. But again, really grateful that, uh, that I finally figured it out. When it did come to, to the legal troubles, a lot of it revolved around uh, you had addiction issues and, and 
yeah, obviously really tough to deal with. And I think people get it into their mindset almost that how could a football player who is suddenly earning millions of dollars, that's not the sort of person who has problems with addiction. We think of, you know, somebody who's on the streets, somebody who's having to, you know, scratch and, and save and do everything they can to be able to afford their fix rather than someone who is in a position like yourself. So do you think that it's kind of not understood what your situation was and maybe more people need to look at themselves and think that it can happen to anyone in any walk of life. Well, it's not my, it's not my responsibility to, to convince anybody that it, it can happen to anybody or, or to look for any sympathy or anything like that. It just, it, 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 it was what it was. You know, I, I, I had issues. I was, uh, had mental, mental health problems, uh, was depressed, was, had anxiety issues. I didn't address them in a healthy way. I chose to address them by uh, self-medicating and taking uh, an opiate that I'd been introduced to because of all my physical pain uh, and surgeries I went through orthopedically while playing football. And it worked for me, right? It, it, it took away all those feelings. It took all away the feelings of failure, of disappointment, of less than, and it did exactly what I needed it to, and that was to make me not feel anything instead of dealing with it in a healthy way by seeking help and asking for help. And, and, and it will take you to the bottom. It will, it, it, it's... It's not a fix, right? It's it's a, it's a it's a bandage uh, that you think that you need, and it, it it just gets torn apart and torn apart until you are either dead or you change. There are no there's no third direction when it comes to that. Do, do teams do enough to help players, former players? Not at the time. I think they're I think they're gradually improving. I, I, I do feel that way. I think the NFL is doing some 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 better things. We, we saw the NCAA recently uh, reach out and, and, and work with a, a family that had a devastating uh, tragedy happen to them at my alma mater. Uh, they're going to coordinate with them and try to do some work and helping on the mental health side of things at the collegiate level. Because when you get to the pro level, if you don't have the tools in place and, and are ready, uh, it can evaporate pretty quickly. How... Um when you left San Diego and kind of kicked around the league a little bit longer and had some opportunities, was there ever that feeling of, I can still do this, I'll still make it, I will get out there? And it, it was the, the problem was the location and the coaches and what was happening there. I'll go and I will find something else and it will work. It's always, it's always the way the addict thinks, right? I'm not the problem. It was the city that was the problem. It was the fans that were the problem. I'll, uh, I'll be fine somewhere else. But the problem is, no matter where I go, there I am. And that's the issue, right? I'm the problem. So... Uh, I had great opportunities here uh, in Dallas. I had a great opportunity in Tampa with Tony Dungy as well as at the end of my career in Seattle with Mike Holmgren. And I just, you know, I wasn't capable of living life on life's terms when it came to being an NFL quarterback. And, of course, I'd like like a do-over with the mindset that I have now, but that's just not something that's possible. And all I can do is is, is live with what I've been given now. And uh, I will say that... that, uh, it's considerably amazing to think this may be the life of my dreams when I had an opportunity to be a professional quarterback in the NFL for years and years and years. That's that that's a new reality that's kind of washed over me in the last last year or two that I'm pretty proud to have accomplished. It, it is incredible when you find yourself doing something. For us, we are we feel so lucky that we have fallen into an industry that we love doing we're good at and we get paid get paid for it and we get and we get paid for it and uh, that seems to be what you've found now as well definitely you know it's it is it's exactly that you know i 
who would ever have thought with the run-ins with the media I had that I would <laughs> ultimately be on the other side doing similar things. Uh, it's given me a, a good chance to develop some empathy, which I think is huge for personal growth. And uh, really grateful for it. Uh, excited to keep it up. Uh, uh, it's going to be another big year ahead of us in 2019. Uh, per- pretty special time in, in, in the life of the Lee family. When you uh, and we will talk a little bit about what's going on with you now, but when you do look at cases, because it is still happening in the NFL, we see guys like Johnny Manziel, we see guys like Alden Smith in San Francisco, guys who uh, repeat offend, who get given opportunities and still end up kind of going to the wrong side of things and, and end up out of the league within two or three years of being there when the talent was clearly there there's no denying that they had the opportunities do you look at those situations do you reach out to those people do you think to yourself that is you know I, you can they can still turn it around and have those opportunities definitely I mean anytime we see something like that uh, we, we reach out we try to be of service uh, but you can't you can't control what other people do you know when I go out and tell my story and I speak to the public I have no control over what the what the public does with my message. You know, they could just simply go, "This guy's full of it," and leave the room. You know, but you know, we're trying to reach the individual that wants to change. You can't you can't make somebody change, and uh, this is ultimately their choices. Uh, if they're going through these problems and have dealt with these problems, they have the tools. They know what you do here. You go, you see, you seek therapy, you, you seek treatment, you go through all these processes. So you have the tools in place. What happens after that first drink or that first drug is entirely on you. The first, or, or what happens after, uh, leading up to the first drink, the first drug is entirely up on you. Whatever happens after that, that's the disease. The disease takes over, and, and so I understand it. But if you've been through this process before, you have all the tools in front of you. And if you aren't willing to do anything to, to keep this, keep this uh, peaceful, unchaotic life available, that, that's ultimately going to be on you. How do you feel about now? Because we... we Briefly, I briefly spoke to you kind of off air last year. We've managed to get you sat down this year. Really pleased that we were able to. But how do you feel coming around? And you know, you could be here talking about the NFL, talking about quarterback play. You know, I'm sure you've still got a pretty good quarterback brain uh, in your head, and we could be talking about Brady and everything. But coming out and talking about this side of your life and, and the work you're doing now with the Focus Intensity Foundation. Is that something that you're very proud of? Do you sometimes get frustrated that that's all that you are about? Or how does that kind of feel to you? No, not at all. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a mixed bag, right? I mean, I, I, you know, 33% of the interviews are about analyst stuff. Another 33% is about my story. And then probably the other 33% is about, you know, what we're doing now. So that's, that's part of it, right? You know, my life's kind of, a, it's kind of like a, a stew. We're throwing something new in it every, every day. You know, I'm a broadcaster. I got my own radio show. I... I call football games in the fall uh, for network TV. Uh, I travel around the country and speak. Uh, we have our podcast network and believe. I mean, it's just it's a mixed bag, like I said. So I, I, I also know that if people talk to me about my past, that there could be somebody on their airwaves who's listening, who's struggling as well, and needs to hear that so they can relate to something and, and find a way out. That's, that's the best thing you guys do is offer a platform and an opportunity for me to tell my story where somebody out there who may still be struggling can hear it and change for the better. So what are you guys working on in particular with the folks, uh, with, with your foundation, with everything that you guys are doing? What? Yeah, yeah. So just tell us a little bit where people can find out about what you're doing, etc. <laughs> yeah, you can go to focusintensity.org and find out more about our foundation and uh, uh, what we're doing. We raise money. We raise funds for scholarships for people who can't afford substance abuse and mental health treatment. We just, I simply want somebody who 
who wants to change their life and not be able to afford it not be allowed to go to treatment because they can't afford it and and that's that's important for us so uh you can go there and do that you can, if you want to check in on me see what we're up to uh you can go to the ryan d leaf at the ryan d uh and check out on that great ryan thank you so much great. for taking time you bet, to guys this. thanks for having me thanks man that was Leslie Visser and Mark Slareff and then Ryan Leaf and then Ozzy... Ozzy? <laughs> what? Ollie breathing heavily into a microphone. Those were the three things that just happened back to back to back. Sorry about that. We're all done, buddy. Uh, any final thoughts from you? Um, no final thoughts. Another nice quick pod. Banging them out. All good. If anyone does anything they'd like us to talk about, that would be great. Uh, I've just had a text from my boss saying if you're around before one ten, could have a quick word. So I'm going to go do that now, Ollie. Ollie? Lovely to see you again. Andrew, good if luck. If you want to come see Toy Story later, let me know. We'll, we'll go. It'll right. be good fun. Yay! Thank you so much for listening. At Gridiron on Twitter. Oh, and of course, the Gridiron Tour. Still a chance to get your deposit in. Yep. Get paid up. Get sorted for that. Uh, the All the details at gridiron-magazine.com or at touchdowntrips.com. The brilliant Great Lakes Tour. Going to Green Bay. Going to watch a Thursday night Steelers-Browns game. Going to the Hall of Fame. Going to Detroit. It's going to be a cracker. So get involved. This has been The Gridiron Show. Bye. Ciao. We Danes are a modest bunch. We enjoy simple pleasures. As such, we tend not to blow our own trumpets. But since Carlsberg Export has a refined, full-bodied and rather satisfying taste, perhaps just this once. Too much? Probably. Carlsberg Export, probably the most modest beer in the world. Enjoy responsibly. Drinkaware.co.uk for the facts.